I love that bumper, dude. It's like an epic, and then there's just a word re-entry on there. It's kind of a letdown at the end for me, but I love it. It's fun. Anyways, anybody else like space? I like space. I love space. I think it's fun. Think about it. That's where this series came from. The thing about space, it's like this weird place that you've never been to. It's the unknown. It's the wild frontier that you'll probably never discover. We'll never know. We'll probably always not know more than what we don't know about space. It's just this crazy place. And so this new reality that we find ourselves in, this new world, we want to prepare you for it after COVID, after all this stuff that has happened. Because honestly, sometimes we think we want to go back to normal. No, 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 no. We learned, yeah, we don't want to go back to normal. Normal isn't good. Normal before this wasn't great. There's so much better. God's got so much better than what it was before. And so I'm glad that you've been with us during this series. I'm glad that you're here today, whether you're in person, online, what's up? My name is Mark. I'm glad that you are here. And to get started, I got to tell you a story, okay? So it involves two weeks. It happened two weeks ago, actually, or two or three weeks ago. I was in North Carolina with my family, my mom, and we were driving. Actually, mom was driving and we were going back to the house and we're going on this road it's 45 miles per hour my mom is obeying the speed limit at this point she's got a lead foot but in this moment she's obeying the speed limit she's uh, obeying all the traffic laws to be honest with you and we come to an intersection okay it's coming up in about 100 yards and it's you know four away it was a stoplight and so ours was green okay it was obviously green which means the other one is red that means to stop right so there's a pt cruiser maroon i'll never forget it pt cruisers are evil apparently because she starts to or he, Whoever, I don't know if it's a guy, girl, whatever, this person starts to kind of like, you know, just inch forward. Like they were stopped, but they started inch forwarding. We're getting closer and closer to the intersection. I'm like, wait a minute, this is weird. And then all of a sudden, right when we get right up to the intersection, I mean like, you know, 50 feet away, it's almost like the person took their foot off the brake, and then the car just starts rolling forward. Right out to the middle of the intersection, and here we are, my mom's driving. I'm like, ah! And mom goes, whoop! Like literally had to swerve to the left, other, I mean left, because we would have crushed right into this person, whoever it was in this PT Cruiser evil car that it is. And so we turned to the left, and then all of a sudden we avoided this, right, which is awesome. And yet, there's a problem. Now we're in oncoming traffic because we're in the other lane, and now we're in front of people that are coming towards us, right? And there's three cars, a truck in front of them, and so my mom was like, Pink! right back to the right. Dude, she's 70 years old. I don't know if people tell you if you're 70 or old or something like that. My mom, she's 70. She can drive, man. She's got like NASCAR, like Mario Andretti. It was impressive. I'm not kidding. We didn't tip over. It was amazing. In like two seconds, she avoided all kinds of collisions and problems that could have happened, right? Now, here's my mom could have said, wait a minute, mom, this car is pulling out. And she could have said, oh, well, <laughs> if you want to play this game, all right, and floored it and just nailed him, right? Like, all right, I'll go faster. I'll hit you if you want to play this game. She didn't. And I thanked her afterwards for it because it was on my side. I'm like, well, that could have been bad, right? She didn't, but she avoided it. Here, here's why I'm telling you this story. I think this is like every day of our life. You wake up. Think about this. You wake up and someone says something mean to you. Your kid's in a crabby mood and they say something. Or you're in a crabby mood and you say something to your kids or to your wife or to your spouse, right? And in that moment, what just happened? You just pulled out in front of their lane and you're either, you made them make a decision. They're either going to try to avoid a head-on collision with you by not responding to the way that you just treated them, or they're going to floor it. All right, you want to play this game? Crash right into you, and we'll deal with the pieces later. You want to be sarcastic? Or oh, I can play this game. You want to be mean? Oh, I can play this game, right? You go to work, and your coworker, who you don't already like someone anyways, and they say something to you, so you respond sarcastically. You think you're so funny. Ha, 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 right? But you just forced that person to make a decision. Are they going to avoid a head-on collision with you? Or are they going to floor it right into you? 
Isn't that life? And right now, doesn't it feel like every single person in the universe is crashing into each other? Online, in person, moms and dads, kids and parents, husbands and wives, bosses and employees, friends and random strangers online and in person, people with different skin complexion, people with different political views, everybody, Christians and non-Christians, Christians and Christians, constantly all over the place just crashing into each other. Doesn't it feel like that? Because it is. It doesn't feel like it. It's real. It's happening everywhere around us. And all of us are dealing with the pieces. And I'm not talking about those people out there that are doing all this. I'm talking about every single one of you watching today. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about all of us. Isn't there a better way? Simple answer. Yes. (laughs) There is. There's a much better way. And that's what we're going to talk about. So if this is your first time here, I'm really glad you're here. Because we want to help save you from a lot of damage. A lot of crashes in your life and the people around you, a lot of pain. That's what we're going to talk about. When we started this series, Reentry, we dared you, or we challenged you actually, to not give in to good enough, to not settle for good enough. Man, this world isn't good enough. Stuff, physical world isn't good enough. God's got something better than that, to have hope for something better than this physical world. And then to cry out to God for that better life, to dream that there's something better. But then we discover that dreaming is not enough, right? Because every great destination may begin with a dream, but dreaming doesn't get you anywhere. At some point, you've got to be willing to leave the old life behind to accept the new life. And as soon as you start living this new life with Christ, the full life that he promises, as soon as you start to, to live that new life, guess what? You're going to experience intense, extreme pressure. Don't be surprised by it and be crushed by it. Be prepared for it by creating living by godly standards. If you missed any of those messages, you got to go check them out online. They're super practical, helpful for this time right now, and to prepare yourself for this new world that we're finding ourselves in. Here's today what we're talking about is this. No matter if you're, honestly, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian, non-Christian, but especially if you're a Christian, you're still going to have to deal with gravity. (laughs) You're still going to have to deal with gravity, man. It's it's just a fact. It's going to happen. Newton's law of gravitation when the law of gravitation, or gravitational law states this, that every object in the universe attracts every other object in the universe, right? What does that mean? It means every object in the universe attracts every other object in the universe. And it, it's dependent, the force or the amount of gravitational attraction is dependent upon two things apparently mostly, is the weight or the mass of the object and the distance from it. So technically, all, everybody in this room right here with me, and technically probably everybody online too, but really in this room, we're physically attracting one another right now. (laughs) That's kind of weird when you think about it. But we are physically attracting one another, but we don't notice it because our weight, our mass relative to the earth's mass is so small that we don't feel this pull. We just feel the pull down. It's weird. I'm going to ruin this phrase for you possibly because that means technically if you were to say, anybody, if you were to say, hey, hey, I'm, I'm kind of attracted to you. Actually, I'm really attracted to you. It's actually more of a comment on their weight. (laughs) <laughs> than their good looks or personality. It's kind of awkward when you think about it, but it's true. Gravity pulls us together. It's a force. And here's the deal. This gravitational pull, the push and pull of gravity, there's a balance point. Think of a seesaw, okay? This is important to understand. Think of a seesaw, right? And there's a balance point in the middle, right? And so if you have two objects, two people that are of very different weights, right? One's, the heavier one's over here, the lighter one's over here. The heavier one has to slide a little closer to the balance point to even it out, right? Otherwise, he's never going to get off the ground. Or if he gets off and this person's crashed, which is funny when you think about it, but it's painful when it happens, right? And so the earth and the moon has a gravitational connection with a balance point. 
so that we don't crash into one another. Every object in the universe has this going on so that it doesn't, without gravity, without this gravitational thing going on with the balance point, every object would crash into each other in space. Objects are prone to crash into each other, and so are humans. So what's the gravitational pull? What's the gravitational force that can stop us from crashing into each other? That's what we're going to talk about. Isn't Isn't that relevant? We need that, don't we? in our homes, in our lives, in our workplaces, online, everywhere. Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to, the first Corinth, to this church in Corinth, Corinth. And uh, this group of people, this church is very diverse, people of all different ethnicities, backgrounds, skin complexions, languages, uh, all over the place. And he's writing this letter to them, and he's probably frustrated. I know he's got to be frustrated because it's like they don't listen. He's been telling them over and over and over, listen, man, this is how, stop crashing into each other. And they keep crashing into each other. It's like, why don't you listen to me? Like, read the entire letter of 1 Corinthians, and you're going to see they're just arguing with each other, suing each other, fighting each other over everything. It feels like you're home some days, I'm sure, or when you walk into work or online. That's what it feels like. And these are Christians. This is relevant for us today. And then in chapter 12, verse 31, he says this. In the midst of his frustration, I I know he's got to be frustrated. In the midst of his frustration, he says this powerful statement, but also it's a very hopeful statement. And he says, and yet... And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. (laughs) Any Bill and Ted fans out there? Righteous, dude. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, it's like an old movie. Don't worry about it. Anyways, (laughs) I will show you the most excellent way. And yet. And yet means this. This is what you've been experiencing. This is what you guys are experiencing right now. You're crashing each other. You're burning all this other stuff. And yet, let me show you the most excellent way. Don't you want the most excellent way? Don't you want a better way? I know you do. Paul says, I've got a better way for you. That's what we need. Crazy thing is, he says this after his section when he's talking about spiritual gifts to the church. So the early church apparently is using spiritual gifts, things that God gives them. They didn't get any credit for it. God gave them these gifts, and now they're using it to bash one another. Oh, my gift is more important than you. Woo, I'm more important than you. They're arguing about who's more important, who's cooler than who. Don't we still do that today? Yep, we do. And then he launches into this most excellent way. So he begins to describe what this most excellent way is for us today, for them and for us today. And it begins in chapter 13. This is often, you think you hear this in weddings, and like, oh, this is a wedding verse. It's actually, no, it's not. (laughs) It wasn't a wedding verse. It's talking about you and I crashing into each other. Listen to this. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I, could, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Think about this. I mean, this is pretty powerful. This isn't about physical relationships with one another. This is about our lives as Christians. The most excellent way is loving like Christ. The most excellent way is love. And love, if you go looking through the New Testament for all the spiritual gifts, guess what you're going to find? Love isn't one of them. Love isn't a spiritual gift. Love is a fruit of the Spirit that you are given when you repent and are baptized by the Holy Spirit. You're given love. You're given Christ's love. You have love. Love isn't a gift. Love supersedes gifts, which means this. Love is primary. It doesn't matter what gifts you have. 
if it's speaking or prophecy or teaching or serving, whatever talent you have, if you can build things, if, you can, if you're smart, whatever, whatever talent you may have, it doesn't matter. If you use it in an unloving way, then you're using it improperly. End of story. If you use it to be harsh, if you use it to put someone down, if you use it to make yourself better than someone else, if you use it in an unloving way, then you are being disobedient with that gift. Love supersedes the gifts. Love is the most excellent way. And so many times we choose gift over love. We choose action over love. But love is the most excellent way. That's the gravitational force. This is our big idea, actually. Love is our gravitational force to reconcile the world to God. Listen, you are on a crash course with other human beings. It's a fact, not just by, you know, the law of gravitation. You're going to crash into each other possibly. But human nature, our sinful nature, you're going to crash into each other. You're on a crash course with people. You're on a crash course with your family. You're on a crash course with your coworkers. More importantly, you're on a crash course with God and with hell. And God knows this. He says, I want to reconcile. I want to help you. He slides over on that seesaw so we don't crash, so we have a chance. And living this life, when I say yes to Jesus now, my job is to live like him, to love like him. Here's what I hear all the time. And I'm not, I'm not talking about non-believers, Christians. I'm talking about Christians. Christians, I hear this all the time. I bet you do. Well, I'm just not a very loving person. That's just not me. And use it as some like, judge, like reason they don't have to be, they can be harsh and judgmental. I'm just not accepting. That's just not who I am. I don't accept people like that. That's just not the way I was wired. <laughs> really? And that means you don't have to love people who are me. I'm just not very giving. That means I'm just, that's just not me. That's not my gift. So I can just be selfish from that time, talent, and treasure. But what did Paul say? No, love supersedes all of that. Love, is, love isn't optional. Love isn't an option. Love is what we are now. If I say I'm Jesus, I love Jesus, I'm following Jesus, then I love like Jesus. And understand this, love, love isn't, dependent, isn't defined by me, it's not defined by you, it's not defined by the world, it's Jesus. Jesus defines love. He is our example, so I love like Jesus. And guess what? Jesus didn't, wasn't enamored by our singing this morning and say, wow, their voices were, wow, they're beautiful. I think I'm falling in love with them, you know? Like you didn't bring your gifts to God and he's like, whoa. Man, these gifts are amazing. I think I'm falling in love with them. He didn't look at the way you wear, the way that you act, and your talents and your abilities, and look at everything that you're doing in your life and say, wow, they're really attractive. I think I'm, I'm going to fall in love with this person. No, he simply chose to love. In spite of, in regardless of us, he loved. And then he did what love required. He slid over on that seesaw because he knew we were about to crash. He did what love required, what we needed. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Thank God. And he has committed us to us the message of reconciliation. It's the work that he did, and now it's our work. Now it's our ministry. Now it's our job as Christians, as believers in this new life, in this re-entering this new world. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. How powerful. Ambassadors of God. With this message, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. 
Be reconciled to God so that then you can have this ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation means making two conflicting things compatible. Two conflicting things, two things are at odd to make them compatible. There's one thing, there's one thing that makes us incompatible with God. We were created by God. We were made by him in his image. There's one thing that makes us incompatible with God. It's your sin. It's my sin. It's your sin. Your sin makes you incompatible with God. Jesus did the hard work of reconciliation on the cross. He did what was necessary to give us a chance to not crash. God knew we were on a crash course, like I said earlier, with each other because of our sinful nature, and we were on a crash course with hell for eternity. But instead of jumping off the seesaw, oh, you're on your own, buddy. Good luck. Or instead of coming over on the other side of the seesaw and crash right with us, Jesus slid over a little bit, and he came down, not accidentally, but out of a choice, out of love. How are we choosing to act and speak in the world today? How are you choosing to live? What way are you living in your home, in your workplaces? Is it the most excellent way of love, or is it something else? Because we were called to be a gravitational force. That's what ambassadors, we are called to be a gravitational force. And a gravitational force helps not collide. That's what we're supposed to be. And love is the way that we do that. Listen to what Paul says. Uh, later, this is, <laughs> this is Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, well, let me get to this. I'm going to tell you this first. So acceptance. If you want to be a gravitational force for somebody, you've got to have a relationship, right? If I don't know you, if you don't have an influence in my life, then I don't have any option. I, don't, you, I can't have any influence on you, right? But if you, if you have a relationship with someone, then you have a chance. And there's one other powerful force that we know that's at work in the world around us. It's called acceptance. 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 Everybody wants acceptance. Every human being on the face of the planet for the history of the world wants acceptance, needs acceptance of some kind. People will be willing to leave their morals, leave everything, their convictions to be accepted. You know this because you've seen it at school, you've seen it at your workplace, you've seen it in the world around you. People who would never do such a thing, but because they're around this group of people and they want to be accepted a little bit, then they'll do it. People will do evil things to be accepted. We've seen it. You want clicks. You want gangs. We don't need gangs. We have in our own schools or in our workplaces. But also people will do amazingly loving things to be accepted. When acceptance is at stake, people will do just about anything. So think about this. Everybody in our world is hurt, hurting, right? When people are hurting and angry and they're reaching out, who do you think they're going to go to when they're hurting, when they're in need? They're probably going to go to people who accept them, even if it's not helpful. Even if that person doesn't really care about them. But because it looks like you accept me, what does that mean? It feels like you care about me. It's like the old adage. I don't really care how much you know until I know how much you care. Right? And so many times, I'm not going to accept you until you change. I'm not going to treat you differently because that's the way you're treating me. And so what does that, what does that communicate? That it communicates, I don't, I don't accept you. And if I don't accept you... I don't want a relationship with you. And if I don't want a relationship with you, I can't be a gravitational force for you. Listen, it's not about becoming like me. It's about being a gravitational force so that I can build a relational bridge with you so I can point you to Jesus. But if I'm pushing everybody away because I'm so right or because I'm so good or because you're not like me, you're not saying it like the right way, then I'm pushing everybody away from the one chance possibly they might have to know about Jesus. 
Acceptance isn't the goal. It doesn't mean I tolerate evil. It's a relational bridge. Listen to what Paul says. This is the description. I love it. Colossians 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if, you, if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, here it comes again, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. I mean, just look at that verse, or those three verses. Isn't that what the world needs? Isn't that what you need? Isn't that what your family needs? Isn't that what every single human being needs? And honestly, that's what everybody's looking for. Some compassion, some gentleness, some humility, some patience. And Christians, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to care. How do you communicate care? You put on those things right there. I get it. They may not make it easy. They may pull into your lane, but you still have a choice. How do you do this? this well, Paul says it's simple. It's like, don't walk out your house naked. That's what he said. Sorry for all the people from the north. Naked. You know, like when you don't put clothes on. That, whatever you call that. I call it naked. You call it naked, I think. So whatever. But that word, when you, don't walk, when you walk out of the house without clothing on, kids, you know this. That's awkward. That's weird. It's a bad idea. Paul says, don't walk out naked. Think about this. Love, love is the one thing that combines all of them, right? That unites all of them. He doesn't say, be gentle. He says, put it on. Put on. Put on love. Love, love is like a onesie, dude. Okay, you know, babies, right? Babies have onesies, right? And it's why? Because the, you know, babies poop all the time and you have to clean up their mess all the time, 100 times a day, right? And some ingenious human at some point thought, this is crazy with all these clothes. I'm going to make a one-zip thing that I can just zip, boom, off, change, done, zip, bum, dumb, right? Super quick and efficient for baby changing. It's amazing. The onesie was an amazing invention. It's an awesome thing because it's quick and easy. And then some jealous, possibly weird adult thought, hmm, that looks comfortable and convenient, and they created this thing. The adult onesie, which I'm not going to lie, it's weird, but at the same time, I'm like, well, it does look kind of comfortable, definitely convenient. But then, come on, then, then they just got weird, and they started making these things, okay? That's too far for me, man. Now we're adults dressing up like animals, okay? I don't know. The onesie thing is one thing. Love is like a onesie. And I know you're looking at it like, what? Trust me, love is like a onesie. When I put a onesie on, guess what? I'm fully clothed. I don't have to put pants, underwear, and a shirt on. I just put the onesie on, and I'm good to go, right? A onesie, quick and easy. Think about love now. When I put love on, humility, kindness, gentleness, patience comes with it. Because love requires that. And oftentimes, you're trying to be patient. <laughs> or sometimes you say, I'm just not patient. And I'd say, I know. <laughs> I've seen your posts. I've seen what you say to other people. I've seen you in the lines at Walmart. I know you're not very patient. Some of us say, well, I'm just not very gentle. I know. <laughs> I've seen the same things. Some of us say, well, I'm just not very humble for people like that. I know. I've been there too. People make it difficult sometimes. And yet Paul says, put on love. And when you put on love, love requires humility and kindness and compassion and gentleness. When you put on love, the problem is when that person puts that post online, 
that you completely disagree with. Maybe even they call you out for disagreeing with them and saying that you're wrong. And they even do it in a not nice way. You walk out your house naked and you post without love. When that coworker makes a comment, you walk out your house naked and you, you make a comment or an action without love. You didn't put love on. And when you don't put love on, the other ones aren't going to come out. Listen, if I'm going to wait till you feel like being gentle and kind and patient, I'm going to be waiting a long time. If you wait till I'm going to be patient and kind, you're probably going to wait a long time. We need to admit we're just not patient most of the times. We're not. And, that, and that's somewhat okay because the, the us, if it's up to me, I'm not going to be patient. But if I choose to put on love, which Christ told me to do, then patience comes out. Will you put on love? Will you put your clothes on before you go out or not? That's what Paul says. Listen, Ephesians 4. You have a choice. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. We want to become like Christ, right? That's the goal, to be mature like Christ. And he says, speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. Yes, truth is important, but love is important. You don't get to just speak truth without love. When you speak truth without love... You just went against what God asked you to do. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. This verse, literally, it's like a screen. You put a screen or a filter over your mouth so that nothing comes out of your mouth that's not potentially dangerous or harmful or rotten. So you put a filter. So the only things that come out are helpful to build people up, not to tear them down. So yes, it is up to you to stop colliding into others as long as it depends on you. I play a part, my part. And when I put love on, then I begin to filter. My words begin to filter. Because you start asking this question, what does love require? And it, it, before I type, before I speak, before I act, you ask this question. Is what I'm about to say, is what I'm about to type, is what I'm about to do going to build this person up or tear them down? And a lot of us right then, we're already fighting it like, that's, I don't have to do that. That's their problem. No, it is your problem. It's, when I say yes to Jesus, I choose to put love on. And if I act not out of love, then I'm choosing to disobey Jesus. I, most of the time, I don't feel like being patient. I'm just like you. Most of the time, I don't feel like being gentle, especially when the other person isn't being gentle or kind with me. It's just I don't, okay? But he didn't tell me to feel like it. He told me to put it on. Love is a command, not a feeling. So when your spouse says something that you don't like, when your kids disobey you, when your parents do something, they go back on a word or something that they said, when your teachers are mean or don't give you the grade that you liked, when your boss does something, the jerk mode kind of thing, or when your employee makes a mistake, when, I don't know, when, when, when people post something online that you don't like, when you get a job, when you don't, when you lose a job, when you... I don't, what, in every situation in life, you have a choice. Are you going to put on love? Or are you going to walk out of your house naked? And when you do that, just understand, you're probably going to make someone crash. You have a choice. You're either going to jump off the seesaw. <laughs> you're on your own, buddy. I'm going to let you sink. You're going to slide over, and I'm going to prove how humble I am by not being humble to you right now, and the whole world can see it online, your argument with each other. Or... 
You're going to be like Jesus and do what love requires and slide over just a little bit to help each other not crash. Listen, you can't save anybody, but you sure can be a gravitational force to build relationship with people so that you can point people to Jesus, so that they, you can help them find the grace that you found, this abundant life. It's our big idea. It's the most excellent way. Love is our gravitational force to reconcile the world with God. How are you living? How are you loving? Are you living the most excellent way? Are you crashing into everybody? You do have a choice. Hey, next week I encourage you to come back because we're going to finish up this series and we're going to help you know how to stay on course, which is really difficult at times, you know, to stay on course. But before I do want to help you, I want to give you a chance to respond. Christians in the room are listening online. There's a lot of people in this world who are experiencing the consequences of their, their actions, their, their sin, and just the consequences of living in a sinful, fallen world. And yes, they're doing things that are, they're not listening to God's word. Maybe they've said no to Jesus so far and they're doing, they're sinning, whatever you want to call it. What are you going to do? Christians, don't get off the seesaw, man. Like you are called to be a gravitational force. Point people to Jesus. Who do you need to love this week? Who do you need to love? Where do you need to put love on and be more loving towards people? Instead of repelling everybody in the name of truth, pulling them so they can discover Jesus, the one we just worshiped earlier. That's what people need. They need Jesus. And if, here's a quote, interesting quote from G.K. Chesterton. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, he's an old a preacher, theologian, smart guy too. But uh, this is a great lesson in Beauty and the Beast. Watch the movie, right? Beauty and the, ba- Beauty and the Beast. There's, that a thing must be loved before it's lovable. <laughs> a thing must be loved before it, it's lovable. I know what it's like to feel unlovable. And when I felt unlovable, guess who loved me? God. When I was unlovable, God loved me. And if you're listening to this and you feel like that beast, I want you to know something. You're loved. You feel unlovable. You may be unlovable. I don't know. Maybe someone told you that you're unlovable. Guess what? God still loves you. And maybe you just need to know that you're loved so that you can understand that you can be lovable too. You were created to be loved so that you can love others and help them know that they are loved. Christians, is that what we're doing? If you're listening to this and you never said yes to Jesus, listen, that's what he offers. A full life knowing that you are loved and living out of that love. That's pretty powerful. You know what you've done, where you've been, and yet he still says, I've got a way for you. If you want to talk to someone about that, text us, email us. Especially if you're online, text us, email us. But in the room, you can do that as well. Text us, email us, let us know. We're going to contact you, help you take some next steps. If you're here in person after the service, out in the lobby, in meeting rooms A, B, C, and D, we'll be there waiting for you, have a conversation, help you take the next step. You're going to be baptized, give your life to Christ, and experience this full life, the beginning of it today. But when we leave here today, no matter where you are, our job is to be a gravitational force. Let's pray. God, thanks for loving us. Thank you for Jesus more than anything else that gives us the chance to be to know that we're loved, to be, have a chance to be reconciled to God. And then thank you for this ministry of reconciliation. God, I pray for the Christians that we would confess, we would repent of the times when we were unloving, when we were harsh, when we choose self over you, when we choose pride and truth over love. God, help us to repent, convict us of that right now, God. Choose love. If there's people in the room or online listening and they don't know your love yet, God, I pray that they would be convicted to know that you love them. And that you have a way for them that's so much better. That they said yes to Jesus. Reach out to someone so they can take that next step to following you. 
That's what the world needs more than anything else. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Hey, we're, we're about to take off today's show. And before we do, I just want to make sure you got an announcement that Brett sent out Friday. Uh, Saturday services, uh, hey, we've been a church that's been one of the only ones in our region offering something other than Sunday, especially on Saturday night. But during COVID and this season, everything just seems to change a little bit. So we're trying to make sure we're doing what's best with our resources and ability. And so right now, we're going to be discontinuing our Saturday service um, for this season. Um, just with the attendance and online engagement, it seems like that's the best decision to be making right now. We know others are making that decision as well. So Saturday's, next Saturday, July 5th, will be the final uh, Saturday service during this season. Um, but we also are going to be doing something on Sunday evening because we want to offer something online for those maybe that are working or out of town or something. And so Saturday, uh, Sunday, beginning August 2nd, we're going to do this thing called Replay. So Sunday Replay. It's going to be Sundays at 7 p.m. completely online or live.southpointccc.com or our Facebook. It's with live hosts where you can ask for prayer. You can kind of interact with all of our hosts as well, uh, just like what we do kind of right now on the, on, in the mornings. So we hope that that will help. You'll be able to connect, stay connected, whether you can come to the 9.30 or 11.15 at one of our campuses or online, one of those three services. Um, so I want to let you know that. Hey, this week, here's what we're going to do. Your job, our job, our mission is to go reconcile the world. So be a gravitational force for Jesus. Have a great week.